1: That's eight hundred nine four three twenty one fifty
2: three. You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: Alright, thank you for that and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports on a big Tuesday. Since when does a big sporting event happen on a Tuesday morning slash afternoon in this country? Well, it's today because the United States faces Iran. <clears throat> I always say it like that because my friend Shervin Tajbash was from Iran and he'd always go, Iran. But uh, we are here for you. One eight hundred eight seven eight play. One eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. Get you in and get you heard wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours. And well, let's face it, so so foreign lands. Come on in and get heard. Whatever you might happen to be listening to at one eight hundred eight seven eight play. Karen Lyle will join us at nine forty as she always does on Tuesdays. At that time, because he helps me co host the talk.com segment. Second hour, we'll also have uh, actor Jill Morton. You might remember as that uh, dirty guy in Terminator, who ended up being pretty heroic uh, in the end. I know I certainly remember. And we're going to hear all about Otto Schwarzenegger, and we'll talk about his latest stuff. We'll also have celebrity acting coach Trace Moore uh, as well. They'll be on at the same time. Joe uh, Morton has won an Emmy that day for us. And we'll talk to uh, Mick Yardley about the NBA coming up at uh, 10.40 today. He's from uh Wager, as always. But uh, your calls are really the most important thing. Once again, at 1 800 878 Play, World Cup play is uh, over for the first group. We'll talk about the results of that as well. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. We're only going to do two hour show today because the US starts at 11 o'clock out here. We'll probably replay the first hour. So if you want to call, don't wait till the hour, is what I'm trying to say. CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, we're there 24 7 as well. 500 ballots, 177 countries, and American Forces Radio Network as well. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
4: People who come to Cricket stay with Cricket. Why is that? Well, if you ask someone with one of the latest and greatest phones from Cricket, they might tell you it's because of the amazing phones. Like the new iPhone 14 that lets you capture stunning photos in low and bright light. Plus, they'd probably tell you about the fast nationwide 5G included with all plans that lets you stream text talk and more, all at 5G speeds. Yeah, they might mention something like that. Smile, you're on Cricket.
5: Cricket 5G is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and other restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.
1: That's 800-760-1845. Do you want to know the secret to putting extra money back in your pocket? Then switch your car insurance. And now you can make one phone call and shop dozens of insurance companies. Just like buying airline tickets where it's easy to make one call that has all the best deals. We have great deals with most of the major top-rated insurance companies. We are your superstore for car insurance. We've switched people from their expensive car insurance plans and saved them hundreds of dollars a year. If you think you're paying too much for your car insurance, call now. It's easy to switch, and in five minutes, yes, just five minutes, you'll learn how much money you can save on your car insurance. Save yourself some money this year. Call now for your car insurance. Call e-insurance now for your free car insurance quote. 800-298-9093. 800-298-9093 800-298-9093 That's 800-298-9093 Get
6: everyday banking with a better vibe A vibe that feels like you woke up on the right side of the bed Found the perfect parking spot Or found your keys where you left them Get the NetSpend All Access Account Reinventing modern, everyday mobile banking with perks that add up Banking services provided by Pathword N.A. Get started today at netspend.com. Deposit account is established by Pathword N.A., member FDIC. Deposit account opening is subject to registration and ID verification. Terms and costs apply.
1: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever.
3: He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever he's so wonderful titillating sports with rick tittle
7: rick tittle is a he so handsome he's a genius
3: hey thank you for that and welcome back to the show 1-800-878-PLAY 1-800-878-7529 get on in And get heard wherever you might happen to be uh, listening in this great uh, land of ours. Uh, We are here for you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Today, as I mentioned, is eight years in the making. Um, And that means that the United States... Now, look, any World Cup campaign for any country is four years uh, in the making. But this is eight years in the making. And the United States missed out on the last World Cup cycle. And it happens. I mean, the European champions are not in the World Cup. (laughs) The Italians. And they have not gone to two uh, World Cups. So, the last two, I should say. So, if, 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 if they make the next one, then that would mean that they would have to wait 12 years in between. But let's go to the phone lines, and Colin from New York City is my main man, Charlie. How you doing, Charlie?
2: Hey, Rick. I just—I uh, know you're talking World Cup. I had just a follow-up question with regarding our beloved Raiders and, and yes. a baseball question. Um, yes. Uh, and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. But would you make it a priority to try to resign Josh Jacobs, or because they have glaring holes, everywhere almost especially defense outside of Crosby you know being back Perryman, maybe Nate Hobbs their offensive line is a uh, cluster blank i mean so given given the situation financially and who knows what, what it is would you make it a priority to uh, commit a lot of money to a running back
3: That's a fabulous question because there are pros and cons that I think weigh exactly the same. It's a 50-50 coin flip. On the one hand, where would we be without Josh Jacobs? Now, on the other hand, you can say we're a four-win team with seven losses, so what does it matter? We need to get the offensive line fixed. We need to get the defense fixed. But then again, we have no one like him. He's leading the NFL in rushing. He has shown that he's not very durable. We're kind of waiting for him to get hurt. Even in the game on Sunday, he got hurt and came back in and it's going to happen to every running back, but it's happened to him more than most. And so on the one hand, I would love to see him get re-signed, uh, because, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be all pro this year, unless he gets hurt, he's going to be an all pro running back. And they only take two of those But on the other hand, you're right. There are just glaring needs all over the place. There is a salary cap. You can only spend so much. He's not very durable. And even with him, we only have four wins. So it's a great question. And if you had to ask me, I would lean towards keeping him.
2: Yeah. So if you had to, like, even if you had to sacrifice someone like a Waller, who is great, but he is clearly, I'm, I'm just saying, what if? If you had to pick someone. Right, I know there was rumors that Green Bay offered a number two pick for him, even in mid, right before the trade deadline. So going forward, even if between those two you had to make a choice, I would pick Jacobs over a Waller because I like Fawcett Moreau. If they, I think he's a free agent too. Um, yeah, ninety percent of the time, I don't want to commit money to a running back because they're diamond dozens, blah blah blah. They break down. But he, I don't know, I don't know if it's, he's just playing for that contract. But he's really just taking his. Play to another level, and he's running behind a terrible offensive line. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them try to bring him back. I don't, I, I don't know if they would franchise him. I don't even know if that's you know, uh, but I, I I I would like. to I just like to, I like watching him run. He Just as the game goes on, he gets better, and um you know he, he just enjoy it. him and I mean the offense should be uh, him and Devontae Allen. We didn't even talk about his one handed catch yesterday um, on Sunday. Just uh, fabulous receiver but yeah anyway that's that's my radar take uh okay. you were talking about maybe it was last week before thanksgiving aaron uh aaron Rodgers, aaron judge you really don't think he has any chance of leaving uh the yankees to sign with the giants
3: i i listen there's always a chance and sometimes you get wined and dined i remember garrett cole said he's Picked the Yankees because the equipment man knew what type of wine he liked and he sent the bottle of wine to his house and that was the deal maker yeah. so I never know what's going on in, in people's heads. Uh, the only reason I think he would go from the very top of the mountain to base camp, which is any other team than the Yankees no, would right, be would would be because he's just sick of being a Yankee and it, it didn't and I can understand people being sick of being a Yankee but it doesn't seem like he is. I think he he feeds off it and I think the Yankees will match any offer or, or and go beyond. So I, I just I just don't see him when you're at the, you know I mean Shelley Long left cheers. So it can happen. Yes. But I just, yes, I, just I don't see it.
2: Yeah, I I, I I I like I have no stake in it, I can care less, but I'm just fascinated because he apparently grew up a Giants fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that if you or I had a chance to play for your childhood team, and given the circumstances were similar, I, like if I don't know, I I don't know, I don't know if that weighs into it or not. I I understand what you're saying. The Yankees are not only the best baseball, you know, historically they're one of the great franchises in all of sports. Right. And and uh, no, I'm 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 just wondering if that hometown playing for your hometown team wearing. You're, you know, wearing Giants uniform, but you know the reality of the situation is if you say Yankees are going to be making the playoffs for the next X number of years, regardless, right. if he's on that Giants lineup, are they much better? They went eighty-one and eighty-one last year. Are they? Does that put them? Does that put them in the the talks with the Padres and the Dodgers?
3: That, that puts them in third place instead of fourth place. <laughs> That's,
2: still,
7: you know
3: what I mean? Because right now I would say the Diamondbacks with their young talent would probably be third place, then the Giants, then the Rocks. Um, but, so I think that puts them ahead of Arizona. But I don't think it makes them – I mean, they have, they have so many weak hitters uh, up and down their, their lineup. Carlos Radon is going to leave. I said they should have traded right. him and got something for him. He opted out, as we knew he would. He might end up being a Yankee, too. But, you know, I think right. as it, you know, the, the A's actually drafted Aaron Judge out of high school. It's too bad I they know, didn't. <laughs> of
2: course, I, of course, the A's did.
3: Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, there is something to wearing your hometown jersey until there's not, you know. And, and and he knows, like like you were saying, that if he goes to the Giants, yeah, I mean, there'll be no pressure because there's no pressure to win on the West Coast. You can, you know, go right. 81 and 81 and everyone's like, oh, that's too bad. Instead of like U.S.O.B., right. yeah no one calls for your no job.
2: I understand <laughs> I'm just yeah it's because like well, my final point I uh, you know you read stuff online Cur- they they recruited Curry and his uh, and his team to try to uh, talk to Judge and his group It's just fascinating that uh, and I don't know if the Giants even actually made an official offer yet I
3: didn't I didn't hear but, that
2: uh, oh yeah they the Giants recruited Curry and his his team or you know his uh, his People to uh, try to, pers- to give a, add a little persuasion to the uh, to the uh, to the mix, but um, yeah, I was just uh, yeah, it was just uh, um, uh, because the yeah, Yankee fans here are panicking. You know, the guys I know, right. all and I'm saying they're the Yankees. They're whatever, unless he just like you said wants to out of New York and wants to play on the whatever the Giants offer. The Yankees are going to offer more. So, right. Anyway, that's all yeah. I got, buddy.
3: All right, hey, Charlie, thanks for the call, my friend. All right, good stuff. Charlie is my main man out there in New York City. What, what would Steph Curry <clears throat> and his people, what could they possibly say? Because Steph Curry uh, bounced around a lot. You know, he was born in Cleveland because his dad you know, was a, a hoop player. He was raised down Tobacco Road. He's a Red Sox fan. His brother's a Yankee fan. They just decided to pick two teams. What's he going to tell Aaron Judge about California that he doesn't already know? <laughs> What's he going to say? You can have free courtside tickets Aaron Judge is like, I will buy the team If I feel like it Alright, I'm Rick Tittle, we'll take a quick break Lines are available 1-800-878-P-L-A-Y
7: Mom and Dad are such a care, But the house really don't when of up the night. I feel. Of-
1: ask about Spirit's vision plan. Here's the number. 800-634-0482. 800-634-0482. That's 800-634-0482.
2: where did you get
5: those clothes? At the toilet store? Great right, right,
7: he poured your stands tall upon the he calls me sport, But he loves to kill his fun And the power that he feels When he the trigger of his gun
6: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: The big day for Le sake, eh? Senegal and Netherlands have advanced. Ecuador and Qatar are going home, the two teams that started the whole thing. The worst opening game in World Cup history. Not their faults. Let's go to the phone lines. 1-800-878-PLAY. Mario in Florida. How you doing, man?
8: No, I guess the secret to getting on this show is to... Uh... Uh, call in before the wave of high-profile celebrities clogs up the, the uh, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock hour Eastern Standard Time, huh?
3: Hey, we uh, you know who we have coming up uh, is uh, one of your oh. favorites, Joe Morton.
8: Joe Morton is a fantastic guy. I don't know how you knew that, but he is a fantastic actor. You can look he at is. his list of credits. Man, that guy has done everything, and he does it at a very high level. I love that guy, man.
7: All right. he's, you mock he's yourself. <laughs> so
8: You know, as I was, I was watching an incredibly gutsy performance by Derek Carr light up the Seattle uh, Seahawks, I thought, listen, if you guys are not happy with him, we may have an opening in Tampa very quickly here. So, I, listen, you want to ship him over, I'll take him. I, you know I've always thought very highly of Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. I know other people don't. But you never really, you know, no. What is that uh, that thing? You would know this better than me. No man is a prophet in his own home, or whatever, whatever that football application is analogy is. That's what mm-hmm. you get, right? You only see yeah. the flaws of a player. You never really see the. You, you you do tend to see some of the positives, but you will overemphasize the negatives, right?
3: No doubt. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so is that I, the the quarterback gets all the blame, no matter what, and he's mm-hmm. done some boneheaded things. But my stance has sure. been from day my stance has been from day one. I'm all for improving the team. So mm-hmm. w- w- you want to play Jared Stidham? You know, uh, do you yeah. want to draft a kid and hand him the keys? You have a guy who's a mm-hmm. pro bowler who throws for four thousand yards every year. I'd rather take a guy who does that and take my chances with him yeah. than some kid or backup, right?
8: Yeah, I tell you what. Right now, you stick Derek Carr in Miami, and he's in the MVP conversation.
7: Hmm.
8: Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. I think he is that. I think he's a top ten type quarterback. You know, listen. People forget Patrick Mahomes disappeared for a half at the biggest moment in the AFC title game last year. So nobody's infallible. There are there are no perfect players, you know, short of probably John Elway. There are no perfect players Ugh. that have ever take, f-
3: taken field in the end
8: <laughs> I just threw that in there. Just
3: <laughs> How many Super Bowls did that guy lose?
8: At least two. Three. He lost three. He lost okay. three. Well, I think he lost to Washington. I think he lost to the Giants, and I think they lost to
3: Niners. And I don't know who
8: the third one was. Yeah, probably. That's who it was. Yeah. That's right. It was Montana. away, oh, right.
3: Yeah.
8: Or maybe. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so what? How do you look? Uh, what do you see for today's game?
3: Well, it's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. I mean, first of all, not but, put, but it's they, not a. Yeah, it's
8: not a toss up. I mean, it's a toss up, Rick. It's not a pushover, right?
3: Well, I I just think about. The, first of all, the the good thing is is Iran is already bragging that they've won. They mm-hmm, they think mm-hmm. this is going to be a walk in the park, which is rather odd, um, yeah, yeah. seeing what they've both done. But you know that the guy that scares me is Osmoon, That's the guy from sure. uh, Bayer Leverkusen. You got Taremi, who's one of the best players in Portugal at Porto. Those are their two strikers. So they kind of have two real strikers, and we don't have any real strikers.
8: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not, so, Yeah, we're, right, right, right.
3: Right. So I think if, but, but their, their defense is a shambles, uh, they did Mm -hmm. shut out Wales, but now that that draw with Wales doesn't look as impressive as I, Mm -hmm. as I thought, uh, that it did. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of their, their midfield either, but if they can get the ball into the box, they've got some guys that can pounce on it. But, but for us, um, I'm just, uh, I'm just hoping that we have that same tenacity. I hope we come out and press them really hard and, and use those young legs. Um, you know, outside of Ream, it's a pretty young team, uh, just press, press, press and not sit around and wait. Cause I think Carlos Kiros is obviously a better manager than Borhalter. So tactically, mm-hmm. we're not going to win it. So we got to win it with our grit, baby.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't think the, the talent... Disparity is that one. Uh, I don't think. I don't think there is a talent disparity. But let me put it that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. Essentially, I think you play over your head against England. And England, you know, let's be honest here. Right around seventy-five minutes, England's playing for a draw. At least that's the way I saw it. Maybe you saw it differently. But the intensity really ramped down at about seventy-five. And I don't think it's interesting that you say, Rick, because you can always tell who's the casual and who's the soccer fan. How much time do I have?
3: You got plenty of time.
8: Okay. The casual and the side well isn't isn't Pusilik a, a striker I mean, no he's not a striker. a striker is a sniper that's that is willing to go straight into the box, take you know take the, the slings and arrows of the opponents, get service. The guys that I that I always go back to are the two guys are Stoichoff and Klinsman, right these guys mm-hmm. go in there, the ball comes in and they without hesitation, Without any sort of concern about whether or not it's going to go in the net, if the shot is good or not good, they put it on the they put it on the goalkeeper. Right? That's what a striker looks like to me. And we don't have one of those. We don't have. You talking about, like you're a team, talking about right?
3: Risto Stoichkov of Bulgaria?
8: Risto Stoichkov, yeah, man. Yeah. One of he, my he was a players. he was
3: a midfielder, but I get you.
8: Yeah, but he came up. Yeah, you know, he came up.
3: He oh yeah he he would take great he would take pot shots from thirty five yards too.
8: Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to see. <laughs> there is no, there was never a bad <laughs> shot for Rizal Shoykov. I love that guy. But Klinsman was sort of a guy, right? You can have it to me. You can have a striker's mentality from anywhere in the position. I mean, look at Beckenbauer when he was with Germany back then, right?
3: Yeah, and and, and he was more of a libero who would kind of like run everything from the back and uh, yeah, uh, like yeah. kind of like Hulit did at Sampdoria at the end of his career. Yeah. We're getting nerdy now, but I love the soccer team. Yeah, I, mean,
8: I, you know, I was about to go into a Luca Mortage discussion, but let's go away from that. <laughs> My team by the way, the Tampa the, uh, my beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a very good shot of not winning the, the NFC South and I'm thinking to myself we should have seen this coming. And the reason you should have seen this coming is cuz you got a 45 year old quarterback and man alive.
3: But how how, you, how Tom it, Brady how Tom Brady is it that they have a losing record and he's still in first place?
8: Yeah, well that's only because <laughs> the division is garbage, right? Right. I mean, listen, I fully expect I fully expect one of the best coaching jobs I have seen in freaking forever is what Arthur Smith is doing with the Atlanta Falcons. It is fantastic. Now they're five and seven. They have some limitations as you know, at certain positions on the field. But the fact that he's figured out that in a in a day and age where you have two hundred and seventy, two hundred and sixty five pound defensive ends and two hundred and ninety five, three hundred pound defensive tackles. Uh, I'm just going to turn around and hand the ball off. Yeah. And I'm going to build. I think he's taking, He's sort of leveraging the um, the schematic advantage you have if you are really determined with large offensive linemen to run the ball. And he says, here, my quarterback's going to be an element of it. He's clearly, when you put your quarterback in that situation, unless he's Lamar Jackson, he's clearly not in their long-term plans, right? So he's trying to maximize everything he can from, from Mariota. And he's mm-hmm. running them four, five, six times a game. I think it's, I think you've always, you know, I've always wondered would that RPO offense work consistently in the NFL? The answer is probably not at the playoff level. The answer is probably at the 500 level. But mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a limited team and you don't have a lot of offensive weapons, which actually they do, it's just they don't really have the kind of guy quarterback to deliver it consistently, those offensive weapons, run that, run that offense and, and uh, take advantage of, smaller, faster linebackers and smaller, faster defensive ends.
3: You know, I think it's interesting, too, with the, you know, the young coach thing with the McVeighs and the Staley's, they, these guys look like they're about 140 pounds. And then you have the Arthur Smiths and the Brian Dables. (laughs) Yeah. These guys who are 300 pounds that don't look good at cocktail parties. I'm actually liking the fact that it is something of a meritocracy because Arthur Smith probably came in in sweatpants for his interview, but they still didn't mm-hmm. hold that against him.
8: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but now that I think about it, that question, Charlie, that was a great call by Charlie. Was that Charlie from New York? Yeah. That asked about Josh Jacobs? Nah, man, you mm-hmm. trade him. You you, you need to get out of the running back market too early and too late.
3: If well, it's too late to trade we, him now unless they franchise him and trade him next year.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, basically, if you're going to put money somewhere, uh, put mm-hmm. it, put it at the other positions. You're, you're better off improving two positions by leveraging one position, especially at that, at with, with Josh Jacobs. I, I, listen, I love the guy for he could be a one-year rental that could push a team over the top. You put that, you put that guy on a team like uh, Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that is a team that can turn around and hand the ball off and keep Patrick Mahomes and keep Tua Tagovailoa off the field. That is a super bowl type addition, super bowl, get to the super bowl type of addition but if you are the Raiders, I think you have to be in the position of maximizing with depth and talent as many positions as you can, as, especially by nailing the draft class because those kids come cheap.
3: I got, thir- I got 30 seconds. Is Tom Brady getting a lot of hate in there, or do they still bow down to him where you are?
8: No, I think they still – well, I mean, of course, I don't know about Tampa, but I think he's still giving deference. I mean, listen, yeah. the guy's won seven Super Bowls. He can still take a team down in 38 seconds and put a uh, – uh, which, was, which was so infuriating about Sunday that Todd Bowles mismanaged the clock. Todd Bowles ain't
3: it. Yeah. No, I think, we, I think he's a, more of a coordinator type. Yeah, but anyway, hey, man, thanks good, for the call. Go USA. We're talking about Go moving on bet. to the knockout rounds, yeah. All right. Thanks, Mario. The lines are open at 1-800-878-PLAY. Karen Lyle coming up next with com.
10: This Music and Sports.net Spotlight is brought to you by Piano Finders, member of the National Association of Music Merchants. Karen Lyle with you again, and we're going to hear from Barry Zito, three-time All-Star, great player, two-time World Series champion, Cy Young Award winner, who pitched 15 seasons from the Oakland A's and San Francisco Giants. In preparation for his life after baseball, Barry dove into the national music scene and now has an album titled No Secrets. I
11: kiss my heart told me yeah that i could be the one to just move on tell me why these feelings are so strong enough
10: to recognize- barry came from a musical family his dad was an arranger conductor and band leader for nat king cole
11: my father would write out the parts for each person in the band um one of the best stories i think for nat though was there's a famous song called nature boy which is you know uh, it's a jazz standard now and it's been cut by many people and My father and Nat were hanging out. I believe they were on the road, and somebody came up to Nat and said, "Hey, Nat, there's a this kind of strange-looking man who has this song that he wants to play for you." And you know, Nat was a really great guy, and Nat said, "You know, all right, well, let's see what he's got." And it was the guy who wrote Nature Boy, who I believe was homeless at the time, and he came in and played it on piano and sang it. And my father and Nat and a couple other people were around the piano, and um, Nat loved it so much that he cut it. And that song, you know, from that day forward has gone on to be a a huge song.
10: Barry took his guitar with him when he was on the road.
11: For me, music was always an escape. Um, It was something that I would do to clear my head. I would just be home playing acoustic guitar. I started playing when I was 21 and I knew I was going to be in hotels and things like that, playing baseball. And um, so, yeah, so for me, it was come home, play, play at night, you know, play on the road, bring the guitar, do those types of things. And. You know, it took many years to become proficient enough to actually start playing other people's music and things I could hear on the radio, but um, no matter what skill level I was at, it always created this catharsis for me.
10: Music and sports are connected for Barry.
11: There's a lot of similarities between pitching and music. I mean, you have to get your self-consciousness completely out of there uh, and stay in what you're doing. And uh, when you're performing on stage, I mean, it's, it's about giving. It's not about receiving something from someone and, uh, you know, that for me is, it's a challenge every time I do it, but that's why I love it. And, you know, telling a story, uh, set to melody is probably the coolest thing you can do when you can touch someone's heart and make somebody feel like they can relate to a story that you wrote, uh, about yourself and, or your life. You know, things are universal in that.
10: Thanks so much, Barry. This is Karen Lyle with you here on Musicandsports.net spotlight. Special thanks to our sponsor, Piano Finders, A NAM member bringing these stories to music and sports fans globally on Sports Byline USA.
7: All
3: right, that music and it's nine forty on a Tuesday. It can only mean one thing. Free dance lessons. No, it means we're checking in with our friend Karen Lyle from salesporttalk.com who will co-host this segment with me. And uh, Karen, how are we doing today?
10: We're doing great. How did you know that I can give you free dance lessons? Ah, how about that? <laughs> well, um, why not? I, we, we, I, if I can't get you on a sailboat, maybe I can get you on the dance floor, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you got me to a warrior game. I appreciated that.
10: That was, that was pretty cool. Was yeah, that, that was very
3: cool. And then uh, your buddy, uh, Nick Nurse, uh, was on my show for an hour.
10: I know. And he gave us yeah. the tickets to that, to that game. I
3: know. Nick Nurse hooked us up. And then his brother, Dick Doctor, uh, gave me some cough medicine. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Um, you know what? Whenever I think of sailing, I think of your uncle. Tell me more. <laughs>
10: You do not think of my uncle when you think of sailing. <laughs> but I was in the New York Yacht Club. You remember when I called yeah. you from there um, in June. And one of the the oldest businesses that I have is Piano Finders, and it's a piano rebuilding and brokerage company. But over over the years, um, we've done a lot of piano appraisals, like about 3,500 of them, and many of them have well, – well, not many. A percentage of them have been – pianos that were owned by famous people and a lot of those things are done under non-disclosure agreements where I can't talk about what I did. So I was there in um in Manhattan and also doing some research in the Yale Beinecke Library um which I can't talk about yet. Not not yet because there's a piano that will come on the market for quite a sum of money that when it's sold then I can talk about what I did but I was in the New York Yacht Club as a guest of the Vice Commodore and I was doing some auxiliary research and I happened to run across this really wonderful um new newly released video about John Lennon and in New York and it had in it this um clip of him in Los Angeles and it was 1974, and it showed him with Phil Spector and Harry Nilsson. And I went, "Oh my gosh, this is the answer to the question we've been we've been looking at." Because Tony Taron is a Wrecking Crew member, and for those of you know, you know about the Wrecking Crew, right, Rick?
3: I don't. I just know they knock buildings down.
10: Well, it was uh, it was a name, kind of a name given after the fact to a bunch of L.A. Um, session musicians who were. Kind of, the 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 top A list players. In, and My uncle was a trumpet player. He was a um, good friend of Desi Arnaz and was the lead trumpet player in the I Love Lucy show and all the Carol Burnett shows. And um, anyway, they played in the sessions. So sessions are recording sessions that happen in you know all the for the the film scoring and all the the different. I mean, if I were to read off this royalty statement that I have from my my uncle I'm going to show on Twitch. Now, see, if you were here in the studio and I wasn't having to. Ah,
3: you just outed me. (laughs) I did.
10: Uh, uh, I did. I came in, I dressed all up, and you're going to have to look on Twitch to see that I dressed all up. uh,
3: Ah, you you just outed me.
10: (laughs) I did. I did. Um, But see, the thing, uh, so I guess there was, uh, looking at this, you've got Madonna, Elvis Presley, Neil Diamond, Linda Ronstadt. She was in the studio. I saw her signature on the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, big,
3: big, big fan of Linda Ronstadt.
10: Oh yeah, she's great. Um, I just actually she, her makeup artist just did my makeup for a, a a film I did over in the Metropolitan Club with um, the the two solo soloists from the San Francisco Ballet. And then there's uh-huh. Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra and Harry Nelson, John Travolta, uh, Dean Martin, Glenn Campbell, etc. Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five. I'm looking at the royalty, royalty statement. My my cousin gave me. Um, but my uncle's not with us anymore, so we can't ask him questions. And am um, Yeah, I know. But he, he passed away in 2017. Anyway, so the Wrecking Crew, they were these musicians who would play on the records, but their names were not on the albums. So the Bee Gees, you know, all of... Um, the 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 beginning of uh, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass um, the the demo album my uncle was on all of these he was on Jonathan Livingston Siegel, he was that trumpet solo for mm. for Neil Diamond but his name was not on the albums as a lot of other musicians in Hollywood's names were not on there because what would happen is while the bands were on tour the session musicians would come in and they'd lay down all the tracks, and then the singer would come in, fly in just to to record the vocals. But the tracks were done by these really hotshot musicians, and um, most of the time they did get royalties, but sometimes the royalties actually didn't get recorded, so it wasn't just their name not being mentioned, but it was also the fact that they, um, they didn't get paid other than that gig, the royalties that everybody else would have gotten paid, and when it was kind of a big scandal when people found out that um, that some of the things that were played on the albums were not that the band members couldn 't play those particular licks and there 's a a movie that tommy tedesco did that 's on Netflix called the wrecking crew and it's w r e c k i n g and um then 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 later the the rock the rock, um, rock Walk did a handprint because Glen Campbell was one of those people who kind of crossed over from being a session musician to also being, being a, a Namestar artist. There's kind of different tiers there.
3: Okay, and then tell me again, Uncle Terry, how did he fit in with all these uh, famous people?
10: Uh, you mean uh, Tony? Well, he, Tony, sorry, he, he, Tony Taron. Tony Taron, yes. So he was the trumpet player. He, so he played, you know, he was a soloist and he was actually started out being buddies with uh, Desi and Lucy Arnaz. They actually traveled the world with the Desi Arnaz Orchestra. And, um, so he was behind the scenes. He was, um, I mean, he was on the camera too. So unlike some of the Wrecking Crew members who were session musicians of all different instruments, he was on the screen as a soloist, as well as doing these things behind the scenes. Um. You know, he would. He. I remember going with him in in Los Angeles to some of his sessions, like when he was scoring a, when John Williams was scoring a film, and they have the big sound stage, and they have a whole orchestra there in the sound stage, and they show the film up in frames up above, and John Williams was down below, he was conducting the orchestra. You know, from this frame to that frame in this particular section of the music, they would, they would perform it and and record it and then go to the next frame and so forth. So I got to see some of those behind the scenes things.
3: Now, to make it a little bit sailing, tell me about the Garmin radios and how those kind of tie into listening to music on the ship.
10: Well, you know, usually when I go sailing, I'm, I'm not always listening to music, but most, but most of our, most of our boats um, have Garmin radios on them. If they're you know a boat of a certain size or or more, and so Garmin actually carries the apps that sports byline is carried on, so the sports byline channel is in a lot of boats, and now people of course have the the radios that can just hook in to tune in or or um the tuning app or the iHeartRadio app and and be able to drive the radio on the boat. So you can be hearing um, any of this music that comes, anything that you're you're listening to music that's anywhere from the 1950s to, you know, 19, I guess up until about 2000, Madonna and so forth, then you're going to be listening to probably something that my uncle is playing the trumpet on.
3: Very cool. Now tell me this, Stevie Keys. Is that really his last
10: name? <laughs> no, it's Steve Roseman actually. And I have a okay. I have a call out to Steve. So Steve and I met because uh, he was a piano salesman in San Francisco and I didn't really realize at the time that he had been the the pianist on tour with Journey, um in the nineteen nineties. But I was listening to some of the sessions that John Lennon and Harry Nelson did in this um this uh, nineteen seventy four um, recording of the Pussycats album that my uncle, that turns out that, that my uncle was also playing on that, um, when it had Ringo Starr and John Lennon and and um, and George Harrison. And anyway, there was a session that Paul McCartney did. It just was a jam session. And now online, there there's recordings of this. And I was listening to the recording, and in it, John Lennon says, hey, Stevie Keys, can you play such and such? And I'm going, Stevie? Really? (laughs) Wow, that's my Uh, friend. (laughs) You know, we've known each other for like 40 years and just never had that conversation. So it's always a a little bit coming up about surprise about how our past connect.
3: Very cool. And then, of course, you and I growing up, the biggest, best variety show of all time, Carol Burnett and uh, Uncle T was there, too,
10: Oh yeah, that was I was I was looking at the um, if you go to Wikipedia and you look at my uncle Tony Taren, Terran T E R R A N, you'll see there's a list. Um, oh, an IMD, IMDb listed there's like 250 episodes of Carol Burnett and all the, the the people that came on that show. That was amazing. But I used to watch it all the time when I was growing up. That was one of my favorite shows. I loved oh. I I loved Carol Burnett.
3: I'm so glad we had this time together.
10: That's right.
3: She'd pull on her ear. Um, so, a Wikipedia page is is uh, is pretty cool. What 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 would you like the people to know about uh, Uncle Tony that that maybe uh, you know and the rest of us don't know?
10: Well, at his memorial service, which was on in 2017, uh, many of the musicians that played with him came and spoke, and they told stories on him. <laughs> Right, and one of the stories was that that he was the man who always knew where the free food was, because <laughs> because, because in you know you can, now now a lot of the sessions are recorded where people are in their own home studios and they're just laying down tracks and sending them in digitally. But at the time, my uncle was playing. There might have been f- five or six different things going on, and my uncle would go from place to place, so he might play something you know for 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 a movie on one soundstage, um, you know, from, you know, 8 to 10, and then pop over to another soundstage for another studio from 10 to 12, and then get, get you know, a gig during lunch, and then he, he might do as many as five sessions in a, in a day. And so usually every, every soundstage or recording studio has a, a refrigerator, and it has certain shelves on it that the, the food is it's okay for the musicians to have some of that food, but it's not always known because you know it's you know it's just one of those things, so he would always know, and that was what what the other musicians remembered remembered as a as a funny story. They said you know if you needed to some free food, you just talk to Tony, he can show you exactly where to find it
3: yeah, and we're showing our age too that we both know what Jonathan Livingston seagull is
10: I know well, I was like
3: twelve <laughs> years
10: older, i don't know younger, maybe uh, eight, I don't know, maybe I was three. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, it was pretty groundbreaking, yet very simple, wasn't it?
10: Yeah, it was. No, I thought that was, um, um, you yeah, know, I, I, well, I was a Beatles fan, too. I had cousins that were older than me, and so they, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a teenager when the Beatles were there, you know, doing their right. thing. But
3: right. So before we uh, let you go, what can people find at com right now?
10: Well, right now, they're going to find a, a picture, you know, a, a little excerpt and a link to Tony Taron's website um they can listen to him playing with Duke Ellington or the solo he did on I Love Lucy or you know some of the things by flipping on over to his website from our salesport talk and I just did a little intro to some of the things about him but hey my uncle was a great guy very never gossiped never never told stories on people just um he was a good musician he just practiced and he 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 was always there always on time and, and did what he was supposed to do. And so he got to do an awful lot of fun things.
3: Very sweet. I can hear the love for your uncle in your voice. Karen Lyle, SalesportTalk.com. Thanks for coming in.
10: Well, thank you for not coming in, Rick.
3: Oh, my gosh. Three <laughs> times. Three times. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we will come on back on Sports Byline.
1: 754 That's 800-754-4531
9: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is.
1: We all have our idiosyncrasies.
6: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: Wow, that uh, is pretty dramatic. <clears throat> Listening to Karen saying at her uncle's funeral, everybody told stories about how he wanted free food. And everyone has a yuck. I don't know if he would have liked that, but I remember my one of my best friends at his dad's funeral, he had like, you know, anybody want to talk about the uh, blank and like six co-workers one at a time went up. He worked at a bank. And he's like, yep, he always wanted to drink. He just uh, he had to keep a bottle on him at all times. Ha ha ha. Everyone laughed and it's like, yeah, is it happy hour yet? Huh? It's five o'clock somewhere. And the next one gets up. Yeah, we were doing this. And he goes, why don't we go to the bar instead? And then the next guy gets up. He goes, yeah, he was in the bar the whole time. And I'm like, hey, hey, you guys. I know you think this is funny, but his whole family is here and <laughs> you're basically talking about how he's an alky fiend that all he did was cr- scratch and claw to get a drink the entire time you were at work during daylight hours. So, ixnay on the uh, drink, uh, uh, octay. All right, uh, not very good with that pig Latin. Uh, we have, uh, another hour to go and then we're gonna repeat this hour once again. We'll hear about, uh, Uncle uh, T- Uncle Tony Taron and all that good stuff but uh, we do have uh, some open lines we're also going to have the great Joe Morton Emmy winning actor come on back <laughs>
7: USA
9: Radio
4: News with Lance Pride. About 100 people fishing on a frozen lake in northern Minnesota were rescued after a large chunk of ice broke off, leaving them roughly 90 feet from land on Monday. Rescuers made a temporary bridge on the Upper Red Lake and no one was hurt. Representative Donald McEachin, the Democrat from Virginia, died Monday from complications due to rectal cancer. He was 61. McEachin's house seat will remain vacant until Governor Glenn Youngkin schedules a special election to replace him. Russia and the United States put off a new round of talks under the New START Treaty this week that would have been the first arms reduction talks since the Russian invasion of Ukraine in February. Russia's foreign minister said they will meet at a later date and gave no reason for the delay. The hurricane season of 2022 was quite a doozy. Katie Lewis from our Midwest Bureau reports.
6: The Atlantic hurricane season ends Wednesday. There were three early storms and then no-name storms between July 3rd and August 21st, the first time that's happened since the 1940s. Then things blew up with seven storms forming in September and November, bringing activity to near-normal levels. One of the most powerful hurricanes to strike the U.S. in decades happened in late September when Hurricane Ian hit Florida as a Category storm. It left nearly 150 people dead in Florida and several others in North Carolina and Virginia.
4: Protests against China's stringent COVID regime failed to take place Monday night as authorities deployed a heavy police presence in the capital and other major cities to deter a repeat of the weekend demonstrations. Beijing, Shanghai, and elsewhere crowds largely stayed away despite plans to gather disseminated on social media. SpaceX will launch from Florida about 3:40 Wednesday morning. They're sending a Japanese moon lander to Luna. USA Radio News. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required.
2: Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online. Just go to 4 slash joy. At Hymns you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face to face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhymns.com slash joy. That's forhymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. F O R H I M S dot com slash J O Y.
4: The White House press secretary appears to be unaware of.
10: In chemistry, Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics, and Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. From the USA Radio News, Washington, D.C. Bureau, I'm Victoria Idoni.
4: Some Americans are still trying to get home after bad weather forced thousands of flight delays over the Thanksgiving weekend, and storms forecast for Tuesday threaten even more travel woes. Tornadoes are forecast for regions between northern Louisiana and southwest Tennessee today and folks in Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee and Mississippi should remain on high alert for tornadoes.
8: Houston, Texas is expected to be under a boil water notice until at least Tuesday. It's still unclear why there is an eight-hour gap between the power outage plant and the warning being put out to the public. State Senator Paul Betancourt Says more than two million people are affected by the boil water notice. In Monday night football action, the Indianapolis Colts are set to host the Pittsburgh Steelers for U.S. Radio News I
4: like deja vu all over again, but this time it's soccer. The United States and Iran have just hit the pitch in the Middle East in their quest for the World Cup. The United States are heavy underdogs, just like we like it. Lance Pry, USA Radio News.
0: Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
1: 800 761 9334. 800 761 9334. 800 761 9334. That's 800 761 9334.
10: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon. Fries it up in a pan, and then he
12: eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. We're going to have an Emmy Award-winning actor, Joe Morton, and an acting coach coming up next. We will also, uh, I'm going to break it down, baby, all the ins and outs and ups and downs of the USA versus Iran, which is coming up in less than an hour. Win or go home, USA. Got to win. But um, it's not interesting. Deshaun Kaiser, the quarterback from Notre Dame, when he came out, he said, I'm not just going to be the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I'm going to be the greatest football player in NFL history. The Browns thought, let's give him a chance. He stunk, and he was a Raiders third stringer for a while. But he was being interviewed about the time where he backed up Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And he said the first thing that Aaron Rodgers said to him when he walked in was, do you believe in 9-11? And Kaiser said, "Do do I believe in it? Yeah, I guess. He said, you should really read up on that. He said, then we were looking at the playbook together and I thought, wow, I don't even know where this is going. What it ended up being was a thought experiment where he wanted to go back and look at some of the conspiracies around it. We really bonded over that and started sharing some books and we started talking about some other things, some history, some business, some finance. So I know a lot of people like that actually, who think 9-11, you know, they'll say like, there were no Jews in the building. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's wrong. Like, everyone of the um, the Jewish faith got together to bring down the towers, and then of course Halliburton did it, and I asked, well, they're already rich. Well, Dick Cheney did it. Why? So he could get rich. I go, he already was rich. But then, I know people, those same people, they think the moon landing was all a ruse. I go, so when they got on the rocket and then they went up, where did they go after that? Uh, well, they, they didn't land on the moon. I know, but where did they go after they were, like, jettisoned <laughs> way up into space and did they have to come down secretly, go back up and then come down again with a little parachute thing? I don't know. At tens of thousands of people had to keep quiet. All right, I'm Rick Tittle, come on back.
6: Well, I always say that we we look at baseball in American history, right, as America's national pastime. That tells us something right there. That means that we attached particular characteristics to baseball that represented what we thought America was all about, right? If you leave out of that discussion the entire Black experience, then you're leaving out a huge chunk of American history.
0: From legendary sports broadcaster Ron Barr and the Sports Byline Archives comes a series that explores the players and the culture of Negro League Baseball.
9: Willie, if I could transport myself back to a particular time, I'd love to go back and be able to just watch the Negro Leagues. They were so special. Yeah. There were players that played with great heart, great emotion, and a love for the game. You were involved with them. Tell me what was so special about them.
12: Well, uh, to me, now I can only speak for myself because I was only there two years. They made me say, hey, you're going to go to the majors. That, that's just what they say every day. going to go to the majors. Not, we may not go because... When I was 15, those guys were 25, and they didn't have a lot of chance to go. They was only going to stay there. But they said to me, when I first got there, we're going to make sure you go to the maze. That means you're not going to do anything wrong, you're going to do everything right, all you do is go out and play. The archive of interviews includes Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and over 50 other Negro League players, telling their stories in their own voices. Baseball was, uh, you know, everybody
1: was just geared up playing baseball because Jackie Robinson was the first black to play in our day and time. And
12: uh, he, uh, he, he he's there, he's he opening up all the, the players that got interested in baseball. I always felt like, uh, there was hope. I always
4: felt like if you just keep doing your job, that, uh, Somewhere, he was going to touch somebody's mind and somebody's soul, and somebody was going to be wise enough to realize the only thing that you wanted to do was to have a chance to play baseball.
2: It is important that they understand that these leagues were segregated at one point in time and was by no necessary desire of those black players that they weren't included in the major leagues. And so they did indeed create their league. And this league became a great league, and I don't want that to be lost. The courageous owners who financed these teams and the players who played against the backdrop of American segregation, this is quite significant.
12: Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues will be available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show celebrity acting coach Tracy Moore. And we're waiting on Joe Morton, the actor, to join us as well. But they're here to talk about the series Inside the Black Box, which spotlights the greatest artists of color, from actors to producers to directors, writers, musicians, and others. And then it allows them to reflect on how their skin color did affect their journey to success. And uh, season two is uh, out with some great guests uh, as well. Tracy, welcome to the show. Tell us how this all uh, got off the ground.
6: Um, thank you for having us. Um, about I'll give you the edited version. Um, about uh, now, nineteen years ago, I've been casting um, for over thirty years, and when I was a casting director. Um, I found myself quite often the only person of color in the room. And um, there were a lot of um, very uncomfortable situations that I found myself in. Um, for instance, a director asked me to ask a black actor to be more ghetto and to be more urban and um, add more jive. <laughs> and, you know... Um, not really understanding that that could be offensive to a person of color. And as I started to progress more and more in my career, it's just a different path and a different journey for people of color in the entertainment business, whether it's budgets, green light ability, um, directors, producers. And so I felt like there needed to be a platform to bring awareness to this And then through awareness, create better solutions and more solutions for people of color. Um, And then also an opportunity to highlight um, our actors, I'm a teacher as well. And so we have actors come on and showcase their talent, which brings in the fun and interaction with the guests.
3: Very cool. We are also now joined by Emmy Award winning actor Jill Morton, who also uh, is a co-host here on Inside the Black Box on Crackle. And, uh, Joe, you know, I I have had uh, Robert Townsend on the show and we've talked Hollywood shuffle all the times, uh, and, uh you know, fantastic movie. And, and Tracy was just talking about, you know, an actor being told to be more ghetto. And it's interesting, your character in T2 couldn't have been more, you know, nerdy, ended up being heroic uh, in the end. But what, when you were coming up, were you were told, need a little more jive and stuff like that? Yeah,
12: I mean, you always ran into, you know... A- I remember an audition where uh, they wanted me to audition for a bartender, and the bartender, I think I must have been in my 30s at the time, and the bartender, as was written on the script, was in his 60s. And so I I said to them, well, what do I and this bartender have in common? And he said, oh, well, because you're both black. Um, so it, it's things like that that would run into it. Or I was auditioning for uh, Leonard Nimoy uh, for a film that he was doing, and um, and I wanted to audition for a lawyer. And he said to me, well, you know, we have to be very careful how we use our black people in this movie. And then I began to have to point out to him how exactly he was using black people in the movie, which were mostly itinerant um, crazies or whatever, uh, and then argued the case. And he said, you know, you're talking to me like a lawyer. I said, yes, yeah, that's why I'm here. So, wow. so you, would, you, you would run into those kinds of things. Sometimes they would be subtle. Sometimes they would be... Um, uh, gross, um, uh, but it was the kind of thing that you would run into all the time, or you'd get notices saying, well, no, 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 we can't, uh, we can't look at a black person for these roles. Uh, different than it is today, now they're, they're it, um, casting is trying to be a little bit more inclusive, um, or they're leaning towards this other new phrase, which is um, uh, racially ambiguous.
3: Right. And I I think about Leonard Nimoy, too. I mean, he's probably thinking, yeah, on Star Trek, the black guy always dies. Like, you know, that's like his background there. So, Tracy, let's talk about the new
12: season. It's (laughs) interesting that you say that, because um, in T2, um, uh, James Cameron asked me why I wanted to do the role. And I said because of a joke that Richard Pryor used to tell. And he said, oh, what's that? And he said, well, Richard used to say that. Um, The reason that Hollywood either kills us off at the beginning of a sci-fi movie or we're not in it at all is because Hollywood doesn't think we're going to be around in the future.
3: (laughs) Um, So, uh, yes, uh, once again, uh, Tracy, tell us a little bit more, if you could, about some of the fantastic guests you have in season two of Inside the Black Box.
6: Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I have to say that, you know, season one was on fire as well, but Season two, we have Jeffrey Wright, Rob Morgan, Debbie Allen, Essence Arkin, Kalita Smith, casting director extraordinaire, Twinkie Bur- Bird, along with her brother, Jeff Bird, who's currently um, executive producer and director of Yellowstone. Um, we had Wendell Pierce, Keisha David, uh, Essence Arkin, Keisha uh, Sharp, uh, Trade Byers, uh, we had two guests per show, and we shot 10 shows, so we have 20 guests that are absolutely stellar
7: that are on the show.
3: Very cool. For you, Joe, w- when you were talking to some of these other artists, um, what was maybe one or two of the more poignant things you heard where you kind of thought, wow? Well,
12: I, mean, I think the interesting thing for a lot of these artists was uh, um, that they had in common was no matter, especially in the beginnings of their careers, they could have been out there five, six, seven years and there was kind of one moment for all of them at some point where they thought maybe they were beginning, beginning to become the actor that they wanted to be. Jeffrey Wright talked about it. Wendell Pierce talked about it. Uh, Debbie talks about it. Because uh, we were talking about, you know, those, your, your big break moment. Um, and mm-hmm. the fact is that there is not one moment that is your big break. It usually is something that's cumulative, a number of things that have happened to you. Um, over the course of your career before finally you kind of think oh well maybe in fact I do have a career and and it wasn't so much that that was a stunning thing as it it just made I think everybody in the room including the students who are hearing this all feel like aha we all have to go through that in order to begin to develop a career.
3: Wow. So, and Tracy, I, last last question for you guys. What what is the 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 one thing you want your viewers overall to kind of come away with here? Is it the resilience? Is it that Hollywood is is changing but still has a long way to go? What what is the the, the impact? Do you think of this show?
6: I think again, the impact is the awareness. A lot of people are um, not, you know, in terms of an audience, they don't know. These shenanigans that go on behind the scenes. They only see Entertainment Tonight and they hear your show. However, I believe that once we have the awareness, then we can start moving in the direction of solutions. Because in 2022, um, there has been progress. However, you know, when I talk to director friends of mine who are famous and known, they're still struggling to get workable budgets. And that's a little challenging and frustrating because I feel like if there was a point in Hollywood where we needed to prove ourselves, I think that we're past that now. We know we can make movies. We know Black Panther sells foreign, foreign distributions. So we know those things are happening. We just need to concentrate on the solutions because the problems have existed a very long time. And people of color know the problems. And so now with this awareness, maybe there's a shift and a change.
3: There she is, Tracy Morton, highly successful acting coach, and uh, the great actor Jill Morton. And inside the Black Box, season two, check it out on Crackle. It's a fascinating, uh, very cool show. Hey, you two, thanks for coming on. Congratulations, give up the good work.
12: Thank you very much.
3: All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We got some open lines. I'm going to talk a little bit about USA contra Iran ahora.
1: That's 800-788-1495.
0: Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt,
1: That's 800-943-2153.
5: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little known truths about annuities
1: that's 800-760-1845. I joined the Army because my father and my brother were in the Army. I thought I'd better join before I got drafted. Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more.
9: There was one?
6: tittle always goes commando
3: all right thank you for that and uh, welcome back to the show rick tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the american forces radio network we have a couple of calls out to some former usa goalkeepers shep messing and tony miolo both been on the show before and um we'll see if they uh call us back as we're talking about the iran game coming up mick yardley Uh, on the other side of this segment talk a little NBA Uh, I think it's kind of interesting too because um, Shep Messing was the most vocal critic of Tony Miola of all time and I remember when Tony Miola was asked about it and he goes all I can say is um, I guess that Shep Messing is not a Tony Miola guy (laughs) I thought that was handled pretty well but I do remember France 98 when we played Iran and at that time you had this guy named the, um, well, it goes back to Ayatollah Khomeini. He was the guy that called America the great Satan. And it was 18 years after the 52 Americans were taken hostage for 444 days. They were released the day Reagan was inaugurated No surprise there because he knew he would be riding a bomb like Slim Pickens in there. I was at Super Bowl 15, January 25th, 1981 in New Orleans. We all wore these yellow bows that were given out to us for the hostages. The cab driver taking my dad and my little brother to the game in New Orleans said they're going to delay kickoff two hours because the hostages are being flown straight to the Super Bowl. It was a stupid rumor. They went to like Rammstein Air Base in Germany for like medical treatment. (laughs) and such things but at the time when the draw came out and it was germany yugoslavia and iran and at that time the usa was ranked like 10th or 11th they always do that just to make mastercard and coca-cola feel better about their sponsorship iran was ranked 42 even though they had ali dai at bayern munich they had meti who was also a bundesliga striker they had like better players than us but the usa lost the match 2-1 the only goal that we scored the whole tournament was from brian mcbride and uh also been on the show many times <clears throat> but they, they uh, the usa was in last place at france 98 the very 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 worst team and former title guest always steve sampson santa clara manager as well he was accused of mismanaging this team on a million levels. And Tab Ramos, the great midfielder at the time, said this whole World Cup was a mess. If I had to blame people, I'd blame the coaches. Yes, very ugly display both on and off the field. Not as ugly as not qualifying at all, like in 18, but still. Uh, so now we have a must-win and we have to avoid the repeat of 24 years ago. Hard to believe it was that long ago. We know that tensions were raised because the people on social media at the United States Soccer Federation took out the Islamic uh, logo in the middle of the flag, the Islamic State, and they noticed, and then uh, they said, you've removed the name of God. It's a sword uh, with a couple things around it, but <clears throat> then the uh, soccer federation said we just wanted to give 24 hours of support now it's back and so the players at this we talked about this yesterday but the players at the press conference were being asked like we how do we know what they're doing on social media we're, we're players right and Jurgen Klinsmann was chastised about his comments because he said the Iranian team uh, their their culture uh, he just had a, b- a lot of bad things about to say about their culture um, we know about the, um, human rights violations. And, uh, you know, if you're a woman in Iran, you're not allowed to go to a sporting event. You can go in Qatar, but when you come home and now you can't go anymore. But 1998, that draw took place in Marseille. It was December of 97. And as I said, Germany, Yugoslavia, and Iran. And the, the first, uh, and that was still when Alan Rothenberg was the president. But the first ball that gets pulled out is Germany. And I remember Hank Steinbrecher, who was the secretary general of U.S. soccer, which is not the head, but it's still high up. He said, oh, great. We had two world wars with them. The second team is Yugoslavia. He goes, oh, great. We're bombing them right now. Bill Clinton is bombing them so they won't think about Lewinsky. And then Iran, and it's like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And ever Steve Sampson saying the Iranian regime really hates America. This is the biggest game in their soccer history. Meanwhile, Preki Predrag Radoslavich, known as Preki, Preki said that he was in his hometown in Belgrade and he watched the draw. Preki, by the way, played for the USA. And he said, uh, "I was happy." He said, "I saw we got Iran, and I'm like, well, we're going to win that one." <clears throat> but getting back to Tab Ramos. That, I mean, this is the thing about Yugoslavia. You think about how good the Serbs are. You think about how good Croatia is. Croatia went to the final, and Perisic of Tottenham, he got a goal in that game, World Cup final. And all those Yugoslavian players were good. You think about Red Star Belgrade, won the Champions League. Dejan Savicevic, Alex Ferguson of Manchester United, said, if there is a better midfielder in Europe, I don't know who he is. Um, Svanomir Boban. They had just so many great, great players. Mihailo Sinisevic. I'm just, just off the top of my head. That great Yugoslavian team. <clears throat> now, the Germans, of course, were uh, going through a really good generation as well. Of course, Jurgen Klinsmann did score against us. I remember he scored over Casey Keller, and my older brother called me, and he said, you and I could have saved that. And I was like, I don't think so. But... <laughs> You know, there was some hype on the U.S. team because they got to the knockout stages of 94. I was at the game on the 4th of July, 1994. Stanford, Brazil won one nothing on a Romario goal. That was it. Um, then the United States was um, a guest team at the uh, Copa America. We went down. We beat Argentina. I think it was 5-1. to one. That's when they said the bus drivers are like, I'm not leaving the stadium. They're going to firebomb the bus. They did throw stuff at it. I want to say we beat Argentina 5-1, to one. believe it or not. We were fourth place at the Copa America. Maybe it was, I have to look at it. No, it was 3 nothing, But still, 3 nothing over Argentina? That was like their worst moment ever. Seriously. And so there was some hype. But then, of course, the call went, John Harkes was dropped. And why was he dropped? Steve Sampson said, quote, both technical and leadership issues. And it wasn't until 12 years later that it was because he was having an affair with Eric Winalda's wife, who was on my show again yesterday. But the thing was, is Eric Winalda, uh, he went back, he said, I told Steve Sampson, bring John Harkes. He said, I can handle it. And if I can, you should be too. And Sampson said, no, I'm taking this decision to my grave. And then Eric Winalda said he treated – Samson treated him very weirdly after that. Um, so uh, I remember the the shock of that. I remember they qualified in Canada, and Steve Samson was telling John Harks, you're going to the World Cup again. Captain America. Woo, our captain. But Marcelo Balboa said that in Soccer America, there was an article that said a veteran is going to be dropped, and you won't believe who it is. And he thought, oh, it's me. And then when it was Harks, he goes, I never even thought it would be Harksy. There's just no way. And Alexi Lawless, who now is the Simon Cowell of soccer, he just says negative things. But he said Samson miscalculated the ruthlessness of people trying to win soccer games. And, you know, Samson, who's been on the show, he says, I just couldn't be forthcoming with my players, and it took 12 years to come out. But here's the thing they did, too. Bor who was our coach in 94 said feel the World Cup smell it taste it, dance with the fans and Steve Sampson in France took them to this place called the Chateau de Pizet which was out in the middle of nowhere It was this beautiful French castle but they were bored out of their minds they had nothing to do and Casey Keller said we were in the middle of, a, of nowhere it took us an hour to get to our training facility it was an S show he said, five minutes in, we were all ready to kill ourselves. And he said, I want a romantic weekend with my wife. And they're like, no wives, no girlfriends. <laughs> so, yes, there was a lot of pressure on that team. There's no doubt. But you had, you know, a guy like Kobe Jones, who was older. You had a guy like Brian Mazaniv, who I thought was shouldn't even have been on the team at that time. You can go back, but Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of storylines at the time and I could talk about this thing, uh, all day, but after losing to Germany, the, the pressure was just on so huge. And, you know, at the time we still didn't have soccer. Bob Lee, bless his heart, who told me when I was in college, don't come to Bristol. You won't like ESPN. Um, he was doing the, the play by play, you know. It's not as bad as Roger Twible, and the ball goes out for a corner. That's a good thing, isn't it? I remember that. That was called, at 1982 Spain World Cup, it was called the Budweiser World Series of Soccer. And I'm like, that's not what it's called. It's called the World Cup. But the ball rolled out in the final, and he goes, that, that, for, that's a corner. Corner kick would be a good thing, right? Yeah. We were still, still scratching and crawling. So it's a big game. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, when we come back, <laughs> we'll talk a little NBA with our buddy Mick Yardley. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
0: now a page from the diary of Flo.
10: dear diary i got the brush off again i don't get it is there something wrong with the way i wave elbow wrist elbow wrist why won't that little basset hound acknowledge me i'm friendly i give everyone peace of mind when i protect their homes through progressive he should be jumping for joy when i walk by
0: save an average of 17 percent on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through progressive
10: maybe it's me No, it's him.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
6: Moments like watching my grandson steal second mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpal
1: This week at Staples, save 60%
8: on Thanks for your business this year. Save 60% on
7: Happy Holidays, Nana.
8: Save 60% on You are cordially invited. Right now at Staples, you can save 60% on custom printed holiday cards and invitations. So you can say, thanks for a great year, happy holidays, or come on over, all for less. For everything you need printed this holiday, go to Staples, the working and learning store. In-store and online.
4: ENDS 12-3. Exclusions and restrictions apply
9: you know, over time, you know, the more and more you do something, the better you get at it. Just like, you know, you didn't become this excellent at radio overnight. You know, you know exactly when to say we got one minute left. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
3: (laughs) Because I'm so good looking. (laughs) Practice makes perfect.
6: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right. If we get Mick Yardley, we'll throw him on the air. Rick Tittle with you. And lines are available at 1-800-878-PLAY. 20 minutes to kick off between Iran and the United States. And I'm still just thinking about. You know, we got up against the break there. I was still talking about France 98. And uh, at that stadium before the game, this French military helicopter started coming down and down and down. And then it looked like it was going to land on the field. It was less than 100 feet over the field. And everyone in the crowd was like being whipped by this helicopter. And then it stayed there for a little while and it left. And what it was was just kind of to say, if anything crazy goes down, we have security here it was just like this little reminder that we're watching you two nations here. And the Iranian team, actually, they came into the stadium to booze from their own fan because they had had some demonstrators at that time as well. And so with all the crap going on, the two teams before the game decided, instead of taking two separate photos together, that they were going to take one big group photo together. And so you had... You know, as I mentioned, Kobe Jones and Tab Ramos, you had Frankie Hayduk <clears throat> those, you know, uh, Claudio Reyna. Uh, Roy Wagerly was still up front. Um, I mentioned uh, Winalda. And they all got together and took a picture with them. And so, but after the USA got embarrassed against Germany, and why wouldn't they? They were talking about this tactical shift. I remember the time the... Um Sampson was in love with this guy who was born in Martinique named David Regis. He was a fullback who wasn't bad, and he ended up dropping Jeff Agoose from the team. I thought Jeff Agoose should never have been on the team after he burned his jersey, not going to USA 94. So like, oh, you should take him. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't. But <clears throat> Steve Sampson ran a 3-6-1. Once again, he ran a 3-6-1. That is a very crowded midfield. Now, it's not the same as a 3-5-2. A 3-5-2, you're going to be having wing backs, and then you're going to have three sort of central midfielders. The middle one can go up into the pocket. You can kind of play in an I formation, if I can use a football term there as well. But with a 3-6-1, and the one striker was Winalder or Wagerly, you can put a couple guys in the pocket, but that means everybody has to be on board in the midfield about who's going box-to-box. And depending on your marking, and depending if there's space to attack... Then you might have three guys running into space, and it's like, well, who's staying back? And if you don't have that down to a complete T, it's not going to work. And so who did I like on that team? I really liked Tomas Dooley, who was German, played for the United States. I, I didn't mind Casey Keller. He's not that great. Eddie Pope and David Regis in the back were probably my two favorite defenders. They dropped Dooley way back. He was almost like a fullback. Uh, Tab Ramos was getting a little long in the tooth. Claudio Reyna never did anything in the World Cup. I think about in Germany 06 when he got dispossessed by Ghana and the guy scored the goal and then Reyna was out for the rest of the World Cup. That was pretty humiliating. I did your knee and I scored on you. Frankie Hayduck was useless. Joe Max Moore as well. Kobe Jones uh, nice guy but unless he's by himself on the wing it ain't gonna work. As I mentioned uh, Brian Mazenev uh, Mike Burns, Chad Deering, ugh. I liked Ernie Stewart, but he got benched. And Winalda was, I remember we talked about this, <clears throat> and he said, we worked forever on three six one. And after the Germany game, they said, all right, let's change it. And he thought that was stupid, and he also thought it was stupid when Steve Sampson told him, you're not going to play against Iran. Uh, I, I'm their best striker, and I'm not going to play. Okay. Now, losing to Germany was 2-0. And it could have been 5-0 or 6-0 because it was that dominant. But, you know, Germany was very methodical. Still, losing to Germany 2-0 is not a disgrace. But that's the thing about Steve Sampson. It's like now pure panic sets in, and you change everything. So if you beat Germany, it would have been the biggest upset since beating England in 1950, right? Uh, You beat Iran, that's all that matters. But it wasn't enough. And if you look at the lineup, when you look at the experience they had sitting on the bench, as I mentioned, Ernie Stewart and Winalda, it was very frustrating to the team. And I remember Kobe Jones saying at one point he thought Joe Max Moore was playing left back. And he thought, what's going on? Joe Max Moore is a forward. And then so when uh, Winalda was asked about that, he said, was Joe Moore a forward or a fullback? And he said, I think he was a rover. He didn't even know what position he was playing, but it was the World Cup. And it was just uh, go ahead, you know, go for it. Now, the the head coach for Iran at this time was this guy Talibi. And he's from Palo Alto. (laughs) And he was living in Palo Alto. And he said, I knew about American players and what they have is they have a lot of pride and they think they're going to beat everyone. He goes, I knew that psychology he goes, I know the United States, number one country in the world economically, politically. And so the players kind of feel like they are, too. So what I did with my players I said, I know you will have a lot of difficulty in the first 20 minutes, maybe the first half hour because the United States is going to come out hell-bent for election. And that's exactly what happened. But here's the thing. We want to win more than they do, and I know we will. And so the game began. Brian McBride hit the bar with a header in the third minute. Claudio Reyna hit the post. I saw him hit the post in person in Gelsenkirchen in 06 against the Czech Republic. So it's two World Cups for that. But as Talibi predicted, Iran, you know, you you sort of just let that. A lot of times you'll see in big soccer matches for the first 20 minutes, neither team will do anything. It's like, let's just make sure we have a clean sheet through 20 minutes. All right, now we can start playing. It's a frustrating thing as a fan, but I understand it, too. It's like, I don't want to come at you with uh, all guns blazing, throw the kitchen sink. And after six minutes, we're down to nothing because we are not leaving anybody back. But it can be a little bit um, overcautious, to say the least. And so Iran started getting a foothold, and Keller gives up a penalty when um, he upends Kodadad Azizi in the box. But Urs Meyer wave play on. Ooh, so it wasn't a penalty. I was like, wow. Kodadad Azizi ended up playing for the San Jose Clash, by the way. And we would go, Azizi, Azizi, and he'd look in the crowd and he'd wave. <clears throat> he was also a great example of how multicultural uh, Iran is because he, you know, he's very Asian looking. He looks like he's from, from China, but there are a lot of people with that, um, the Asian heritage that are in uh, Iran. But anyway, the USA, of course, with that huge, big, fat midfield um, Hamid Esteli ghosted into the box, unmarked. Uh, found himself behind the whole U.S. defense, and now it's one nothing. And uh, boos were coming out of the crowd. And at halftime, it's one nothing. And everything. And, and when Alda said everything was really quiet, and we were sort of like, "This is your problem, Steve. Fix it." And he and and Samson said literally at halftime, the only reason I know is because Talebi's from Palo Alto. And he told me this after the World Cup, but he said their government officials came down and got every one of their passports. And they told the Iranian players, if you lose this game, you're not allowed back in Iran ever. And your families will suffer. That's what they said when they were up one nothing, And so then Talibi said, no, that never happened. I never told Steve Sampson that. We were winning one nothing. This isn't true. Nobody came in the locker room. It was just me and the head of the federation and players. No one else was inside. Of course, the doctor also to see the players. Now, who do I believe in that story? Um, it sounds a bit far-fetched that they were told that when they were winning. Like, why freak them out when they're winning? But on the other hand, if that did happen, Talebi doesn't want to say, oh, yeah, that happened, and now he's... What did the umpire said? Now he's in the jackpot. Now I'm in the jackpot. So the U.S. trailing, Precky comes on uh, for Wagerly. Stewart comes on for Ramos. Uh, Regis hit the post again, and then um, right near the end of the game, Mazenev came in for Dooley, and Mazenev said, before my name was called, I thought for sure another attacker was going to be in, and it wasn't going to be me, and then he told me to warm up. And he said, uh, go on the back, but play in the front of the center back. And he said, I've never been in the back in my whole life. So as USA is pushing forward, I mentioned again, Mehdi Matavikia runs down the side, scores. Brian McBride has a late header. It wasn't enough. And when all of a sudden, when Dooley did in fact come out and we made a decision to go for it and they put in Mason of him, but they told him to stay in the back, he said the entire bench looked down, and Brad Friedel told him, "If you've got an airplane, oh, if you've <laughs> if you got on an airplane right now, we'll all understand." He said that to Winalda because you need an extra striker, and you put on Mazenov. And uh, Sampson was asked about it, and he said, "At some point, I thought about putting Eric on, but I didn't think he was physically 100%. I saw that in the Germany match." Casey Keller said, I remember going back to Leicester and my manager, Martin O'Neill, said, why did you guys stop playing uh, so direct into McBride? You guys were killing them. And he's like, I don't know. But Casey Keller said, I have 102 caps. I played over 600 professional games. And that was one of the toughest games we ever had to swallow because of all the issues we were having inter- internally. We still were kicking, their, kicking the S out of them on the field, but we were still losing. And so Kobe Jones actually said that he would get the ball 30 yards out, and he said, I might as well just take a shot right now. That's the only way we're going to have a chance. And then Steve Sampson said, it just wasn't our day. You see that in all the big games. Oh, look how many times we hit the crossbar and the pose, blah, blah, blah. And then when this said he didn't even really know how much it meant until after the game, he said all the Iranian players were, like, crying their eyes out with all the demons they had. But he said, what can we do? They, they deserved it. And... Tab Ramos said that, you know, he ended up playing with Mohammed Kapoor, who was their captain. They were teammates in the MLS. He said he was such a super great guy. And we talked, it's sort of like the, you know, like the Soviet Union during, um, you know, the uh, <clears throat> miracle on ice, there were these evil communist robot, you know, androids. And then on the Sharks, Sergei Makarov and Igor Lirianov, two of the most fun loving, cool Big personality, friendly guys ever, and they were on that Russian team. But as I said, you know, we talk about this new word, sport washing. Well, even before that, we would have situations like this where the players on the other team were, you know, evil because of what they represent. I remember somebody in England saying, "Why did you shoot all the buffalo to make the red Indians starve?" And I'm like, "Well, we don't really say red Indian." He's like, "What do you say? I go, we say Native American." And he goes, "You're a native of America." I'm like, eh, "That's technically true." So, I mean, it depends on how back you want to go, but I mean, every country has their own thing, but, uh, yeah, it was a humiliating loss. It was 24 years ago. We have a chance to have some better feelings (laughs) coming up in less than 10 minutes. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline. Mm -hmm.
4: Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
1: 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409. Are you like me? You have health insurance, but you don't have dental insurance. Do you need to get to the dentist right away? Maybe you need an implant or some other major service. Well, I found a dental insurance plan that's just right for you. It's called Spirit Dental. Spirit Dental offers a $100 lifetime deductible, a huge network of dentists. And here's the best part. There's no waiting periods. Yeah, that means you can call right now and have real dental insurance for you and your family tomorrow and get that immediate coverage you want. Spirit Dental has plans for just a few dollars a day, up to $5,000 annual maximum, and coverage for implants. Whatever age you are, the dental insurance you need is a free phone call away. Now don't wait, and be sure to ask about Spirit's vision plan. Here's the number, 800-634-0482. 800-634-0482 That's 800-634-0482
8: Well, I might as well tell you now You lot may all be internationals and have won all the domestic honours there are to win under Don Revy But as far as I'm concerned, the first thing you can do for me is to chuck all your medals and all your caps and all your pots and all your pans into the biggest flipping dustbin you can find because you've never won any of them fairly. You've done it all by blummin' cheating!
7: Rick
6: Tittle was selected at random from the phone book to host this show.
3: All right, uh, national anthem is being sung as we speak. Uh, about a minute left in the show. There was a protester who ran onto the pitch during the Portugal-Uruguay game yesterday. You got to see a little bit of him as he went around. You got to see the ref pick up a rainbow flag. But I got to say, he got it all in. The front of his T-shirt said, this is later, the report's, wasn't on TV, thankfully, because you shouldn't be rewarded for breaking the law like that. Putting players in danger, it's stupid. The front of his t-shirt said, Save Ukraine. Okay. The back of the t-shirt said, uh, Support women's rights in Iran. And then he had the rainbow flag. So I'll tell you what, if he wanted to uh, protest, he definitely got her done. He got a lot of things under his uh, under his belt there. All right, uh, in the old days, they would show the protester the whole time, and then the Americans are like, no, don't show them on TV. And they go, oh, okay. There'll be less protesters if you don't show them. They go, okay. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to repeat our number one because it was so good.